Right, family, you want a wonderful event. You can just literally see them live stream. They are right downstairs near the uh, gate that was open for funfair. If you remember the area there, that's where the pool is. Right, so it's over there. We set it up. Uh, that's the usual place. So it's really wonderful that we can uh, witness one another joining the family through baptism. Isn't that wonderful? Right, today, we're also going to talk about Jesus' baptism. I'll speak much more about it later. I just want to remind you, last week, Pastor Anthony spoke on the topic and the issue was, what pleases God? I hope you remember that, what pleases God, and you have to take active steps to try to please Him in your everyday life. But let me remind you that he talked about, as sons and daughters, we have the authority, power, and freedom to live a life pleasing to God. Well, we need to do two things that will truly please God. First is to believe and love Jesus, His Son. Second is to love others as Jesus did. And through our faith in Jesus, we are to live out our identity as His children, fully anchored upon His Word, just as Jesus did. And today we want to build on this topic, build on our identity as His children to look at our authority in Jesus. So just think of it as part two of the sermon series uh, that we are ongoing and embarking on. Before I talk a little bit more about authority, have you ever been stopped by the police at a roadblock while driving? Right, while driving, have you ever? I have. Unfortunately, I was stopped at a routine traffic roadblock and I was asked to present my driving license. Well, amidst my nervousness and it was late at night, I couldn't look, find it in my wallet that day. So that back then, no SingPass are logged in through the app. It's like maybe close to 10 years ago. So he waved his hand. Instructed me to pull over to the side to do more checks. I said, Oh no, I'm going to be like very late since I was already late for my appointment. It'd be even later. And I thought he would check the car. I have no idea what he's going to do. But he just pulled me over and thankfully I found my driving license and passed it to him. Well, if I, when I, as I reflect about it, the traffic police don't possess the physical strength to physically halt a moving car or my car, right? If you think about it. However, they do possess something even more powerful, which is the authority granted to them by the police department to stop vehicles. In fact, if a wave of a hand, we have to pull to one side. Now think about it. In our daily lives, we also encounter various forms of authority, not just the law in terms of law enforcement. Well, authority can take many shapes and forms, and it plays a significant role in our society. For example, the authority of a teacher in a classroom, a manager at work, authority of a parent within a family, so on and so forth. Each of these instances of authority is designed to maintain order, ensure fairness, and to guide our actions. Yes, even though we don't agree, totally agree with the authority in our lives, to some measure, there is a purpose to authority. Well, today, I want to dive a bit deeper into a different form of authority. One that holds immense significance, not just in our earthly affairs, but also in our spiritual journey. Well, here, obviously, I'm talking about the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus' authority goes far beyond the authority to stop traffic. I believe he can, but it goes further than that. His authority extends to the matters of the heart, the soul, and the salvation of yours and mine. Well, let me read to you from John 14. And Matthew 28, John 14, verse 8 to 14, 
Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Come, let's read together verse 12 to verse 14 on account of 3. 1, 2, 3. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, a familiar verse. Let's read together. One, two, three. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, this is the word of the Lord. Well, there are many aspects to Jesus' authority. It's such a big topic that I can't cover all aspects of it. But I want to highlight three key aspects of Jesus' authority may seem basic, but such fundamental truth is so important in our Christian journey. Well, the first is Jesus' identity as the Son of God. Second is Jesus' authority in His ministry through His teachings, signs and wonders. And third is the source of Jesus' authority, which is God the Father. Well, the Bible clearly tells us that Jesus is the Son of God. We sang it just now. In fact, the worship team and me didn't even coordinate the song. That Jesus is the Son of God. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, His begotten Son. Well, if you reflect on it and you think about it, theologically, this divine revelation makes Jesus an integral part of the Holy Trinity. And that is where His authority stems from. It's rooted in His divine nature. He is the Son of God. This simple but important truth. Simple but important truth. Therefore, he shares the same essence and authority as God the Father. The two examples that I want to give that highlights this important truth, simple but important, which is found in Mark chapter 2. The first one is found in Mark chapter 2, where Jesus performs a miraculous healing on a paralytic man. Imagine this story where there are, Jesus was in this house filled with people. Four friends wanted to bring their paralytic, um, paralytic friend into the house. It was blocked because the house was so full. He went to the roof and lowered him all the way down so that the man can be healed. Jesus says to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Well, immediately after Jesus said that, after uttering these words, the scribes, who were the religious scholars of their time, they questioned in their hearts, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? This healing, this act of healing serves as a tangible example that that the Son of Man, Jesus Himself, possessed the authority 
to forgive sin. And that is what we want to hold on to. We want to hold on to Jesus who has the authority to forgive our sin, my sin, your sin. He is the person that we will go to, run to, cling on to for our sins to be forgiven. Now he goes even further. Now in John chapter 8, he boldly claimed, Jesus boldly claimed to this title, I am. Remember this familiar two words, I am. In the Old Testament, the term I am is exclusively associated with God. And Jesus chose these two words as his title, I am. I am God. I am the Son of God. I am God. I came down, born as a baby, rejected by men, shame, endured the cross. I rose from the dead and I promised to return. This Son of Man came, died for you and me so that our relationship with God the Father can be reconciled. This Son of God came. Be shamed, be broken for you and me so that our relationship with God can be reconciled. So truly with Jesus, we have now an opportunity to have a real authentic relationship with God the Father. The Son of God came for you and me. That's the first point, simple but so true. The second point, Jesus' authority in His ministry through His teaching, signs and wonders. I can go on and on about His teachings because there are so many of them. How it is so relevant back in the day in the time of Jesus and even to now, we can apply in our lives. Whether is it Sermon of the Mount, whether is it um, in the book of Matthew, uh, the Beatitudes, the parable of the Good Samaritan, the prodigal son and the lost sheep. There are many teachings that Jesus challenged the culture and practice of the world. Even to today, repay evil with, with good, bless your enemies, love your enemies. It's counter-cultural. But all this profound truth and application in our lives today is only meant to serve, to draw us to a closer relationship with God. Right? All this truth, all this application, all these teachings found in the Bible is meant to draw us to a closer relationship with God. And in other words, to teach us how to live, how to live a life of being a Christian in the world today where it's so much more complicated than the time in the past. These teachings are so true to us till today. It's meant to teach us what it means to be Christians in the world. In terms of his signs and wonders such as healing the sick, feeding the 5,000, calming the storms, these miracles truly demonstrate his authority over nature, illness, and even death as he rose Lazarus from the dead. And even the demons and evil spirits obey Jesus' authority. And Mark chapter 1, verse 27 tells us that Jesus commands the unclean spirit. He not just commands the unclean spirit, he passed this authority to command unclean spirits to us. Because in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20, he has passed it to the 12 disciples and the 72 others. Right? The 72 others were commissioned was told specific instructions by Jesus to go out to do his signs and wonders. And they came back with this report. So after being commissioned, sent out, they came back and tell Jesus in verse 17 to 20, the 72 returned with joy. They didn't serve God. Oh, I'm tired. Lord, I'm so tired. They came back with joy and said, 
saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Came back with joy, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and beyond the and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This authority that he has is given to us. Even the unclean spirits listen. And you know, I know, I hopefully, that not many of us have, have the encounter with the evil spirits that you have to exercise this authority. I pray that you do not have. But you have. The fact is, you are given this authority. But here comes the warning. Even though you have the power and authority, there is a big warning found in Matthew 7. Here's how the warning goes. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Sounds like a big warning. It is a big warning because an outward expression of power, of authority, doesn't equate to eternal life. The lesson really for us to learn is we need to build a a real authentic relationship with Jesus. A real authentic relationship with Jesus that we know Jesus is more powerful than being able to have this authority to command unclean spirits, evil, cast out demons in His name, do mighty works. A real authentic relationship with Jesus will not fool anyone because we can fool the people around us. We can look good, we can be seen looking good, we can know what to say, we can know what to do, but we cannot fool our Lord Jesus. He wants you and I to have a real authentic relationship. He wants to know you personally. Know you right at the heart, at your heart. You can come before Him, share, speak, talk, and live your life with Jesus by your side. That's what He wants. So really the second point here is whether we can rest our authority by having a real, authentic relationship with God. Thirdly, where is the source of Jesus? The source of Jesus' authority is God the Father. So simple but so true again. And this can be found in His baptism. The baptism was a declaration of Jesus' divine authority. Jesus started His ministry by choosing to be baptized by John the Baptist, really as an act of identifying with humanity, with our need need for repentance and renewal. In other words, what I'm trying to say is, Jesus led by example to show you and me that we need to acknowledge and repent of our sins. After Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon Him in the form of a dove, and a voice from heaven declared, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Well, this act, this act was seen as an anointing for Jesus' mission. 
So therefore, if say a bit of koyok here, if you have not been baptized, if you, if you have witnessed the wonderful blessings of baptism just now with our brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Because I myself, when I was growing up, I was infant baptized. When I was growing up, I didn't see a need for baptism. Baptism was symbolic, not important to me, my faith, I pray to God. But when I went on a mission trip to a certain country, just by confessing that I'm a Christian actually isn't good enough. Even though you go to church, you say I'm a Christian, it isn't good enough. You need to be a baptized Christian. And only by being a baptized Christian, you are confessing and you are professing to your friends and your family around you that you are a Christian. So when, when I realized the importance of baptism as an act of declaration of my love for Jesus, I came back and I cannot get baptized again because I was infant baptized. I went for confirmation. <laughs> That's how the Methodist structure is work. Baptism, if you have, if you have been baptized from a young age, you go for confirmation to tell the world like what David did, to tell the, your family and friends you are, you are, you will pledge your allegiance to Jesus. So let me go through some basic understanding of what baptism is. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward faith in which God's grace of salvation is channeled. And later on, I'll explain to you a little bit about the baptism. It's taken from the pamphlet. It's a very skinny pamphlet called Know Your Methodism Series written by Bishop Emeritus T.R. Dorosami for the Council of Christian Education. Let me read to you the few points in baptism which can have the points flash. The first one is a sign of initiation in the Christian faith and fellowship. Well, as you can see just now, it's an initi- initiation into the Christian faith and fellowship. We are witnesses together. Wonderful uh, time. Second, a distinguishing mark in a plural society, as I explained to you just now in my short sharing and testimony. An act of repentance and cleansing, where the Holy Spirit come and fill us. An indication of union with Christ, especially in His death and His resurrection. Fifth, as a seal of the Holy Spirit. Six, as an act of admission to the Church of Christ. Seven, as an occasion where Christ is confessed and proclaimed. So once again, friends and family, if you have not been baptized or confirmed, I encourage you to stand for what you believe, to tell the people around you, this is who I pledge my allegiance to, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. I have a personal, authentic relationship with Him. So back to the story of Jesus being baptized. It's a, theologically, it's a Trinitarian event. What does that mean? Because God the Father with His voice, the Son being baptized, and the Holy Spirit descending. Act of baptism is a Trinitarian, theologically, sacrament, a means of grace where we can experience God's love for us. Now let me move on to something more familiar which is the Great Commission, or something else that is also familiar, the Great Commission. If you grew up in church, you probably heard the phrase, therefore go and make disciples many times. But I want to highlight and bring your attention to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the verse before the Great Commission. Right? And it says, and you have read it just now, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now these are the few words or the words the last few sentences Jesus told the disciples before he ascended 
found in the book of Matthew. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And let's break down the meaning of this statement. First, Jesus said, Jesus is asserting his divine authority as the Son of God again, reminding them, I'm the Son of God. All authority has been given to me. Second, the phrase in heaven and on earth truly signifies that Jesus' authority is not limited to a specific domain, of, but encompasses everything. No area, no life or creation that Jesus do not have authority over. He has authority over everything. And third, he made this declaration in the context of commissioning his disciples, telling them, hey, you have a mission. I'm telling you to go. Make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them and telling them to obey His commands. Now then, after understanding that Jesus is the Son of God, He has many teaching signs and wonders, He wants us to follow Him, to make disciples. How can we live out this authority? How can we follow Jesus closely, clearly, listen to Him? Now, there's one example and one way that I can encourage you, which is to share your life. Many times we are told to close up, clamp up, keep it within ourselves. But to share your life to people around you, in your workplace, in your families, to share what God, especially to share what God has been doing speak, and speaking to you. How God has been so important in your life. How God has been speaking to you in the small and big ways. And why am I asking you to do that? Right? For some, it can be a very difficult, very difficult um, task to do because in your families, in your family, it's so difficult to talk about Christianity. The moment you talk about Jesus, you'll be kicked out of the house. It can be as difficult. And I am asking you to do a difficult task. It's found, the promise is found in Revelation. It says, And they have conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. They have conquered Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, for they have loved not their lives even unto death. Blood of the Lamb, Jesus has done that for us. Settled. Tick in the checkbox. The word of their testimony. That's for you and I to leave it out. That's for you and I to talk about. How else then can you exercise your authority. Other than talking, you can exercise as parents in your family, over your children, you can pray with them, teach them the Bible, share with them. In your family too, you can love the unlovable, the problematic, the one that always do not want to listen. You can love them, show them your, that you love them. Your workplace you can exercise your authority to not gossip, but speak in truth and love. To do the difficult tasks that no one else wants to do, you can make the difference in your workplace. Two nights ago, and I was still I have done I was done with this sermon. I put it aside. Um, was busy with other things, and I was just during the day. I was still reflecting and thinking about it. But that night, two nights ago. Usually for night, I sleep throughout. I don't wake up in the middle of the night except sometimes to go to the toilet and come back and I'll fall uh, right back to sleep. I have no problem sleeping. Right? Insomnia isn't my problem. No issues with that at all. But for that night, right, I woke up 
and I was quite awake. I was not really sleepy. I was just hearing God telling me these few words. Right, so I hear, hear, just close my eyes, listen to, to it. And I want to take my phone to record it down. Right, it was dark. I know if I wait till morning, I'll probably forget. Right, so I took my phone and I saw the time. So in my mind, I was thinking, oh, it's probably about 7. Right, so my alarm usually rings about 7.30. I wake up around there. So in my mind, okay, 6.50, 7, somewhere around there. But I took the phone and to my horror, it came out 2.22. I was like, 2.22? <laughs> Such a nice number, but at the same time, weird number, <laughs> if you know what I mean, like in the middle of the night. At least, I don't know whether you can identify with it, but these are the words that I felt, I sensed God telling me. As believers, we really need to exercise our authority. We don't keep it hidden. We have to carry out the will of the Father. And individually, we have, whether it's a mission, the word that we use here in Amokyo, but the will of the Father in your lives. Two examples, maybe there are more, but two. One is to release any forgiveness for any words that has been said to you. Whether it's unkind, mean, unfair words, you have to release the forgiveness and the bitterness in your soul. Second is to carry out the assignment given to you in our hearts. This assignment that God has given to you, only you know, and you know that it's the right thing to do. That's still small, there's a still small voice, sometimes we call it our conscious that has already spoken. Right? We need to be strong and courageous to follow that voice, which is the voice of the Holy Spirit in us. So my encouragement to you is to let go and let God be in control because we always want to be in control. Let the bitterness in our soul release it, let go of it. And the reason why we let go of it is because God is at work in more than you can imagine and think. Right? He is at work in more than you can imagine and think. He loves you so much that He's working for you when you are walking in His will. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but He is working for you and not against you. So will you join me in prayer now? As we reflect, as we think, as we witness the beautiful baptism just now. Maybe there's one situation that is happening in your life right now, unfolding the past week and even the week to come. Would you bring that? Would you open your heart and say, Jesus, I need help? Is there a family member that you struggle to identify with, to talk to, that the relationship is strained? Would you bring to our Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, would you help? Would you enter into this situation? Or maybe the words that have hurt you unknowingly or, or on purpose by the person. Lord, we just want to bring the words into your love and grace and ask that you help us release this forgiveness. Release forgiveness to the person. Release these words that have taken a hold on us in our hearts. As you bring them before the Lord. You just slowly wrap up your prayers. Father, as we come before you to present all this, Lord, we ask that our hearts continue to be a fertile soil to hear your word so clearly, that we know what is your will in our lives, that we can stand on your authority as your beloved children. This authority you have given to us 
May we continue to pursue a real and authentic relationship with you and you alone. In our daily lives, Father, we will surrender, we will let go of what we want to control so close to our hearts. And we put it at your heart. We put it at your feet. And we run to you. We run back to you. And we say, Papa God, here I am, your beloved son, your beloved daughter. Love me once again. Love me like your child running back to you. And so, people of God, as we hold our daddy God's hand, as we climb on his back, as we are in his arms once again, we live a life truly holy and set apart, consecrated for him alone. So we come before you as your children, renewed, consecrated, holy, set apart for you and you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.